0: Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. Today we're talking about meal timing and when is the best time to eat, how frequently should you be consuming food, should you be snacking, what you should be snacking on, and all of that great stuff. Because this is a topic that I get asked about a lot and many people are super confused about it. So we're going to sort it all out today and make sure that you understand what are some of the best habits that you could be building specifically around meal timing and snacking. Let's jump right in and talk about the fact that we used to think that it doesn't matter when someone eats. So, The old way of thinking about weight management and healthy eating is that a calorie is a calorie and it doesn't matter what time you consume it. Well, we now know that that's not true and it's definitely not good for you to be consuming food later in the day. There are many studies that have shown that when people consume the majority of their calories later in the day, usually in the evening hours, say after five or 6 p.m. and well into the night, those calories and those nutrients oftentimes get converted to fat and are stored. So we don't burn them off and they produce more weight gain and more metabolic problems, especially for women with PCOS. So even though there are not a whole lot of studies with women with PCOS looking specifically at meal timing, there were a lot of studies done in the general population with meal timing. And we can extrapolate a lot of information from those studies to women with PCOS because we know that there are already women out there with PCOS, the vast majority, in fact, are insulin resistant. They struggle more with high cholesterol and high triglycerides. And these are the things that get worse when we eat late in the night. This is what the new research is showing us. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about how you can take that information and really apply it into what you're doing with your meals every single day. So what's really important to understand as we get started talking about this is that we now know that it's better to front load your day with calories especially with calories coming from carbohydrates. So if you were to eat something like a sandwich or pasta, it's likely better that you eat that meal earlier in the day as opposed to dinner. Now, I know this is tricky because most people in the United States and in many countries around the world eat their largest meal at night. So this is the time where we wanna sit down with our family and eat more food. During the day, we don't really get a chance to eat the bigger meals because of the way our schedules work. But what we know now is that this type of eating is actually not conducive To staying healthy. It's not conducive to managing weight. And for women with PCOS, it can actually increase the risk for diabetes, risk for high cholesterol, and metabolic problems. So we definitely want to pay attention. And even if you don't front load your day with calories every single day, if you could be doing it a few times a week, you're much better off already than if you were to never do it and always eat your biggest meal at night. So what I usually recommend to clients is to find maybe two or three nights during the week where you can actually flip-flop your lunch and dinner. So for example, you'd be eating a lunch that's more of a hot meal. So it may have chicken or fish and steamed vegetables and maybe a cup of rice or pasta or a baked sweet potato or something along those lines. So that would be more considered a dinner But again, we want to flip-flop and then eat a lighter dinner. So you eat the bigger meal at lunch, and then dinner may be a salad with a little bit of protein or some eggs cooked with a little bit of vegetables, maybe a slice of high-fiber toast and a serving of fruit. So those are really quick, simple examples, but the idea here is that you're making your dinner smaller and having the heavier meal early in the day. We've seen from studies that that helps reduce insulin sensitivity, so it makes the body respond to insulin better, it's going to help reduce blood sugar levels, and ultimately it's going to make it easier for you to lose weight, because any time that insulin is really high, it's preventing the body from losing weight, because insulin is a hormone that signals the brain to keep putting weight on. So the first thing we want to do before we look at calories or anything like that, none of that matters if insulin is too high. We want to bring insulin down, make your body more sensitive to insulin, and that will make it easier for your hormones to balance and your weight to come off with much less restriction. Restriction and calorie counting almost never works for PCOS. So I did an episode on this a few weeks back. So if you go back and listen to that, I'll tell you all about why calorie restriction doesn't really work for PCOS, but it's important to understand that balancing your hormones is the best thing that you can do for everything related to PCOS, whether it's weight, acne, hormonal problems, cravings, mood, all these issues are all related to the root cause of hormonal imbalances with PCOS. Now, if your schedule doesn't allow for a large lunch meal, that is okay Many of my clients actually find that they're most hungry in the morning and I encourage you to try to eat the larger meal earlier in the day. If it's not lunch, you can make it breakfast. So you could be having a breakfast meal that's maybe around six to 800 calories, which may sound like a lot, but it's actually not that hard to do. So if you did a couple of eggs with a couple slices of toast, Maybe a piece or two of bacon and then some yogurt and fruit, that could be somewhere around six to 800 calories, and you could be feeling a lot better. What we know from studies is that when people don't eat early in the day, when they don't eat breakfast and maybe they have a very small lunch, they tend to have bigger surges of insulin after they eat, mostly in the afternoon hours. And what happens is, They get dips in blood sugar, and they get a lot of cravings. So if you end up finding yourself snacking and munching all the way through your afternoon, that may be because you didn't have enough food earlier in the day. So if you wake up hungry, plan to eat a bigger breakfast so that you can feel more comfortable later on in your day. And if you don't wake up hungry, if you're someone who doesn't really need to eat breakfast, make sure that you eat something within two hours. So I don't really think breakfast is so super important, but I do usually recommend that my clients with PCOS have something within two hours of waking up. And then if you end up eating a larger meal, that's your lunch, that could work pretty well because if you'll get pretty hungry by then and you'll be ready for that bigger meal. What I know from experience does not work well, and this is backed up by research, is skipping breakfast, eating a very small lunch, and then a large dinner, and snacking throughout the night. That's usually something that's going to accelerate the weight gain process and make it very hard for you to balance your hormones. Now, let's talk a little bit about snacking, but before that, I want to recap what we spoke about so far. So as far as meal timing, what works really well is to have your larger meals earlier in the day. It doesn't have to be breakfast, but if you wake up early, make breakfast your biggest meal. If you end up eating something small, maybe a piece of fruit or a yogurt or a protein shake, within two hours of waking up, that's a good time frame. And then make lunch your biggest meal at least two or three times a week. Now, if you don't get a chance to do this and you end up getting very hungry later in the afternoon, so say you skipped breakfast or you ate something small, you ate your regular smaller lunch, and then you're gonna have a big dinner, what I would recommend is having two snacks spaced out in the afternoon so that you don't become overly hungry and that you control your appetite and your blood sugar a little bit more tightly after lunch. So this is the time of day where people get very, very snacky, and again, blood sugar could dip, and then they build up this appetite and this hunger, and when they get home, it's a free-for-all. They eat before dinner, they eat a lot during dinner, the portions are really big, and then they also snack after, before they go to bed, after dinner. So this is a pattern that's not so great. It rarely works. So in order to try to shift it a little bit, what I usually recommend is that if you had a salad or maybe you had a sandwich or a slice of pizza or whatever it may be for lunch, make sure that you're making it a point to eat one or two snacks spaced out about two hours apart in your afternoon. So maybe around 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. you eat a snack and the way that you do it is you're being very strategic with it. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, But the point of it is that you're managing your appetite, you're preventing yourself from becoming overly hungry, and that's gonna help you portion control a little bit better once you get home and eat your dinner. Now, what do I mean by being strategic with your snack? Where there are three things that I want you to pay attention to. Your snack needs to be pre-portioned, it needs to be pre-planned, and it needs to be containing a protein, okay? Protein-based snacks work best for appetite management. So let's take it from the top. Your snack needs to be pre-portioned. So ideally, you would go with something that's either naturally pre-portioned, like a cup of yogurt, for example. That's a snack that already comes portioned for you, right? You eat one cup and you're done. Another example is two hard-boiled eggs. The amount's already determined for you. You don't have to portion it out yourself. An example of a snack that's not pre-portioned is taking a block of cheese and starting to cut the right amount from it. We end up overeating almost always or taking a big bag of pretzels and trying to eat the right serving size. That's not a pre-portioned snack. A pre-portioned snack could either be what I just said, naturally pre-portioned, or something that you've already portioned yourself beforehand. So maybe you took... A container of nuts and you put it in small little Ziplocs with a quarter or a third of a cup in each. That's a snack that you can pre-portion ahead of time and I usually recommend that you do it right when you get back from the store so it's already ready for you. Or maybe you take an apple, you cut it all up and you add a tablespoon or two of peanut butter and you put the jar away. So that way you took the right amount and you're not eating right out of the container. The point here is that you wanna have some sort of control because ideally snacks would be about 200 calories or less. So you wanna make sure that you're not exceeding and pre-portioned snacks work best here. When I say the snack needs to be predetermined or pre-planned, that means that you already know what time of day you're gonna have it and which snack you're gonna have at that time. So you wanna to plan to have the apple peanut and peanut butter at 2 p.m., And then maybe you have a yogurt at 4 p.m. Be strategic about it. Think about it ahead of time. There's a much better chance you're going to stick with your plan if you think about it and pre-plan it. And then having a protein. This is really important. Anytime that you eat a snack, there should be a protein in there. So it could be cottage cheese or a hard-boiled egg or a little bit of edamame, like the soybeans that they give you in Japanese restaurants. That's a high-protein snack as well. You can even do something like a few slices of natural deli meat wrapped around a celery stick. So you could do turkey or chicken. That's a high-protein snack. So here's the thing with snacks. Only have them if you really need them. So if you find yourself overeating in the evening every single day, yes, you're someone who needs a snack. You don't wanna get overly hungry. And if, again, your day is sparse in terms of food early on, you're likely going to need those two snacks to prevent overeating and excessive hunger later at night. However, if you're someone who eats a breakfast, a good lunch, and then a decent dinner, you probably don't need more than one snack in your day. So if you have about three to four hours between your meals and you're feeling okay, you're getting appropriately hungry before each one, one of your meals, that's okay. You don't need to eat a snack just for the sake of eating snacks. So I really recommend that you stick with three meals and one snack. Again, unless you feel like your appetite is poorly controlled, then you can have the two snacks spaced out in the afternoon to help you rein those controls back in regarding your hunger. But again, most women do best with three meals, maybe three meals and one snack. I really don't believe in the concept of snacking and grazing all throughout the day. That usually doesn't work because we end up overeating each one of those times. And it also doesn't give the body the opportunity to burn those calories off. If you're constantly in a fed state, if you're constantly being um, consuming calories and providing energy for the body, there's never a time where the body has to use up the stored energy and we won't be losing any weight if we don't tap into that stored energy. So hopefully this all makes sense. I wanna recap one more time because I know it was a lot of information in a short period of time. So let's quickly run through everything we talked about today. Starting from the end, I usually recommend three meals per day and limiting snacking. If you need to have one snack between lunch and dinner, by all means, go for it. Or if you need two snacks, that's okay too. Just make sure that they're pre-planned, pre-portioned, and contain a protein. And then when you have your dinner, try to make that your smaller meal of the day, maybe two or three times a week, and make lunch your biggest meal. That's going to help reduce insulin resistance. And we know from studies that when we front load our day with calories, and the volume of food is bigger for breakfast and lunch, we lose more weight, we reduce insulin, we reduce triglycerides and cholesterol, and overall, metabolically, the body works best when we don't provide a lot of calories at night. The one other thing that you could be doing to help you with this is get into a habit of having a feeding window that's about 10 to 12 hours. So if you start the first thing that you eat at 9 a.m., try to be done with eating by about 7 p.m. That's gonna give you a nice 10-hour window and still give your body the opportunity to burn off calories because there's gonna be 14 hours that you're essentially fasting. Maybe you drink herbal tea or something like that later at night, but try to be done with dinner by 7 p.m. Any 10-hour window would work. I would say make it start earlier. So I don't like when people start eating at 2 p.m., and then they eat all the way to like 11 p.m. at night. I don't think that works really well. Make sure to start somewhere around 8 to 10 a.m. and be done with dinner between 6 and 8 p.m. That should give you really, really good results. If you want more free resources, tips, advice, and recipes, head on over to Instagram. I'm at PCOS Nutritionist Daphna, as I said before. You can see the link in the show notes below. I'd love to connect with you there. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any comments or follow-up questions on this topic, please let me know so I can continue to explain it and give you all the resources that you need to get healthier. And I will see you here again soon with another episode. Bye for now.